2: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Casa show, it's been a while, it's good to be back, uh, it's good for the Reds to be winning, you know, three goals, a clean sheet, thank you very much, I mean, I was a bit traumatised from us playing Brentford last time round, but good things indeed, and joining me on this podcast, I have two excellent guests and I cannot wait to chat to them again, so without further ado, let me introduce my guests who are going to carry me on this podcast, because you all know I need it. So uh, first up, it's a familiar voice on the Anfield Index now and you know, she's awesome. She's infectious and she needs no introduction, but I'm going to give her one anyway. It is Lisa Marie. Welcome back, Lisa.
3: Thank you, Nina. It's lovely to be here again.
2: Ah, uh, you'll be you'll be glad to know that I'm much more happy than the Aston Villa game. You know, a few more goals keeps me a little bit more happy, you know.
3: <laughs> I think we all are. I, I it's amazing how it lifts the mood, isn't it?
2: It does, it does, absolutely. And you know, I'm sure there's plenty to talk about. And joining Lisa, it is the awesome John Buskell again. It's an honor to have him on. Um I'm actually very excited about this podcast now. I'm just putting it out there. Um John, welcome back.
0: Hi Nina, hi Lisa Marie, nice to be on the show again.
2: It's wonderful, isn't it? And you know what, guys? Uh, we we have a caller as well. But before I get to the caller, I want to come around to the panel real quick because it's always, always, always good um, uh, to just get people's um, thoughts and opinions on things. So um, Lisa, I'll come to you first. How do you feel after that? I mean, you know, um, we're pretty much playing catch up. We're chasing, uh, you know, Man City, ding, Man City things, just winning. It's good and of course that disappointing game midweek with um with Arsenal in the Carabao Cup. Uh you know, concerns about where the goal's gonna come from with, you know, Mo and um Mo Salah and Sadio Mane off to Afcon. So three goals, I'm very happy. Your thoughts, how do you feel?
3: I feel great. Um I have to say I feel better now than I did at kick off, um or even at the very beginning of the game. I just felt a little nervy. Um, I was happy to see some changes to the starting lineup, and I'm sure we'll get into that in a few minutes. But it's was happy to see a couple switch in the lineup. Um, but, you know, I still was, was feeling a bit nervy going into the match, and I'm very happy the lads didn't let us down and ended on a high note for us. Absolutely. And what about yourself, John?
0: Um, I was very apprehensive going into the game after recent performances, given the, the squad that was available and I, that I seem to come on the show at the moment whenever we don't do well. Um, based on the, the beginning of the match, I got increasingly nervous, but it all works out well. So, um, I'm, you know, there are lots of things to discuss and I'm really looking forward to uh, drilling down and getting into it.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? We do have a caller, so let's see if we can bring him in. It's, again, a familiar voice. We like familiarity. It is Kieran. Are you there? Yep. Well, it's wonderful to have you back on, sir. Um, The floor is yours. Take it away.
1: Uh, It was uh, was a good one today after uh, a couple of recent disappointing results, performances. I thought You know, it was just much, much better, especially after uh, quite a, frankly, a dismal performance on on Thursday. Uh, We really did need it to get ourselves back on track because, you know, like you said, you know, recent results were disappointing. But thankfully, today we were able to put on a good performance and get three goals to clean sheet.
2: Absolutely. And do do you have any questions or anything for the panel?
1: Um, I just want to see who I just want to know your thoughts on who
2: was man of the match. We're gonna to have to wait all the way till the end of the podcast. We don't give any spoilers away there, Kieran. But yep, yeah, we, we no will talk about teams and performances. Um uh, team you know, the performances of the players there. But thank you so much, Kieran. Right, if anybody else thank wants you. to call yep, yeah, cheers, thank you. If anybody else wants to call in, just drop us a line in, in Discord and we'll get to you. And if anyone is feeling a bit mic shy drop us a question in discord and we'll we'll use it as a discussion point More certainly right guys now both of you lisa and john you were a bit apprehensive and um i think you know that the results um that have been kind of building up to this haven't really helped to you know the performances and stuff. Um, what did you make of the team lineup? We should always start from top and then work our way down. So, John, I'll come to you. Team lineup for me, it was probably the best that maybe Jurgen Klopp could do under the circumstances. I think there were big, big concerns when you know the two main, the three main men were off to Afcon. I mean, and also we've had some really, really horrible showings of the midfield. I mean, for me. I'd like to hear your thoughts. But for me, what gave me a little bit of breath of fresh air was um, maybe the inclusion of Jones in that midfield.
0: Oh, absolutely. I was really pleased to see Curtis. Um, because I think, you know, even though he didn't get much time the other night, I, f- I still feel that he he's, he's grown so much as a player over the last two years. So when I saw the squad for, for today's match, I was really pleased. I think I think it's the side that I would have gone with Except I would have dropped Robertson from the get go, actually, because I've been very, very unhappy with the final balls he's been playing into uh, into the box. And I, I think, you know, everyone else there was justified. I really feel that um, he was right to go with Ox and, and drop Taki to the bench because I felt that Taki's quite good when there is less physicality. And I think coming on as a later sub. And I don't mean late as in the last 10 minutes, but, you know, into the second half, I think it gives him, in terms of his physicality, he's got that bit more speed. He's quite an aggressive player for the kind of size guy he is. Um, But I thought it it gave him the opportunity to bring out the best of what he can do. And I think that was a good decision and it paid off very, very quickly. He was lively right to the end, got a great goal. Um, So, you know, from the get go, I thought the the squad was right. I wouldn't have picked Robertson. That's the only difference
2: that's pretty fair I think that's pretty accurate I mean Lisa what did you I mean again apprehension you you spoke about this as well and you know you you were so much more relieved on the other side but I mean what did you make of the team lineup and I think one of the things and I think I spoke to John about this as well was um for me the the make or break for us playing well or playing badly even when we had the likes of Sadio Mani and Mosler was um the, the the balance of the midfield and obviously I think When you play the likes of maybe like a Milner and a Hanson and a Fabinho, there is absolutely no creativity. So very, very crucial that a player like Jones was in the mix for me today. I was really happy with that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Agree with what both you and John said. I I was happy to see Jones in the lineup. I I agree. I think when he was one of the the match on Thursday, um, you know, when he did come on, had some, had some good energy and, and, and I think we do need that creativity. And I liked that Jada was moved over to the left. I, I think Jada and Jones and Robertson or, 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 um, if he's playing, I think that works fairly well, um, with the overlap and everything. Um, you know, I think Jada works far better on the left than he does on the right, where he played on, on the Arsenal game. Um, Let's see, what else? You know, I, I agree with what John was saying about Robertson, although I also kind of think his performance, you know, he was starting to kind of come back into form before he got that red card against Tottenham. And so I think he's one that, you know, he just he had when he played for on Thursday, he hadn't played for like, what, three weeks or so. So I think he, it was funny. almost like a, a warm up game <laughs> for him to kind of get him back into some rhythm. So because he seemed to do much much better today, and and I believe he had the assist for um, the second goal. So so yeah, he looked much better today. And and um, but yeah, um, you know, again, much happier with the lineup. You know, and and honestly, you know, they're really you know, up is is kind of limited in in the choices that he has right now. So I think based on who we had available, I think it was probably the best, the best 11 that we could start with.
2: Absolutely. And again, we'll, we'll talk about the, the game in a minute. And uh, John, I'll come to you, but just a quick question. I mean, I do think, you know, with, you know, some of our key players, you know, obviously going off on uh, going off to AFCON on international duties and um, and I think there was a lot of, like again, apprehension about what are Liverpool going to do in that period? And, you know, we, we're normally so bad in January, which we are, it's true. But I do feel like maybe the the schedule list for the fixtures that we're playing have been quite fortunate in this period because obviously it's Brentford who started off really bright, but I think people have kind of, to some degree, figured out how to play them. I mean, they kind of us at the beginning of the season, but I think, you know, there is a way and I think teams have, you know, they started off really bright, you know, like that whole, you know, I don't know new promotion vibes that's what they had going on and I feel like obviously the reality's sinking in now with Premier League football. Um you know we're playing them we're playing Crystal Palace in this um in this period without you know our our top players. Um I think does that give you a little bit of comfort as well?
0: Um comfort in that when the the, the run of games that we've got now is not as daunting as it could yes. be. Yes. Um both yes and no. And I because I think going back to the 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 caller's first comment, I'm sorry, I couldn't remember. Was it Kieran? Um, about you know, it was a good performance. You got a good result. I didn't think it was a good performance. I didn't think it was a good performance first half. And I think in this run, what what we've got is there is the potential for sides to sit deep. There, are, we, the, the, there is the need for us to break sides down without the creativity of someone like Thiago. I don't think Henderson is as in his best creative moment, as Klopp might say. And I, re, I, I think I tweeted um, at, at Andy Wales during, during the, the first half there. I felt that Joel Matip was the most creative threat that we had in the first half. And so when I look at this run, I think, unless we have the opportunity to... to Let other sides have the ball and then use that momentum to then counter against them. I think that we we struggle to break sides down. And I think linking that to what I said about leaving someone like Tacky for the second half, if we're in a game, if if the other side starts to drop off, which Arsenal didn't do the other night, I mean drop off in the sense of physically, if they don't start to drop off physically, we don't necessarily have the creative ability to break sides down. So I'm actually nothing in today's performance made me feel confident that we will do well in this run, other than the fact that we put the ball in the net. Because I felt in the first half, when Brentford were at the top of their game, they, they you know, they had their legs, they were fit, they were fit, they were trying things. Then we were stymied in our approach. But when Brentford began to tire, when the the pitch opened up a bit further, we when we got the rub of the grain, then then I thought we you know we got the win a deserved win but Hmm. I don't think we were a uh, I don't think we were spectacular in any way and I'm not convinced that we'll do well going forward on the basis of today
2: oh that's fair well John been speaking Kieran goes it was a lot better than Thursday for sure And Lisa kind of chipped and said I couldn't get much worse which is true I think that was probably the worst game I've seen in a really really long time it was just awful. I mean, Lisa, I'm going to come to you. I think John makes some very, very excellent points. And um, let's actually talk about that first half. And Lisa, I'll I'll come to you first. I mean, I thought, you know, we, we had a lot of possession. We had a lot of ball. I felt like we knew that we had to kind of use, you know, uh, we, we were kind of um, crossing balls in. I felt like we were quite... I must say, not the best on the set pieces, considering you know Brentford were you know weren't overly great. But John goes, you know, um, we we saw Brentford kind of like squeeze in, and there were maybe a few lapses of concentration on our part. But for me, the most crucial thing was when we scored that first goal, you know, right before um, right before half time and just as Brentford were kind of getting a little confident.
3: Yeah, I think that the timing of that first goal—I mean, while I would have liked to have seen it earlier in the first half, it—it it honestly oh, could have been a better time. Um Because I, I think it—it it did. It gave us that lift going into halftime and and a little bit of momentum. But no, I I agree with John. It was it was not a good first half, and I think that's where, you know, thinking back because we're all kind of on the on we're riding the the high a bit from from pulling up, you know, from getting the win. But yeah, no, I was I was definitely nervous. Um, you know, before, for sure before we scored that first goal, and and even you know when we came out into the second half, which I'm getting ahead, but it was kind of a I don't want to say it was a flat performance, but it just it just didn't seem as though we were we were getting things quite right. You know, it was like it was we were just trying to turn the lock to to open them up, and and we couldn't quite get it. You know, we we're getting, um, you know, we had all the possession, um, but we just couldn't, you know, and on the corners and things, we were getting the ball into the box, but we just couldn't get it into the net. So I was, I was, I was not feeling super confident. Um, but I was also hopeful that if we just kept, if we could just continue to keep the pressure on them, you know, we would be able to, you know, to pull off the win. Um, But it was, it was, it was a bit of a nervy. I don't know that nervy is really even the right word, but it it was just not. And it was kind of almost a little bit boring. Hmm. (laughs) I found my attention kind of drifting a couple times and going, "Oh wait, I've got to watch this because I've got to talk about it here." Um, But yeah, it was. was... (laughs) I mean, the game started at eight o'clock in the morning here. You know, I'd only had half cup of coffee. but yeah, it was, it was just, it was, it was not, again, it, start, it definitely started better than Thursday, you know, but it just wasn't, it wasn't the start that I would have liked. In fact, the first couple minutes, I was like, uh, guys, let's, let's pull it together here because it was a little ropey for even the first, like, I don't know, three, four or five minutes.
2: I think that's fair. I mean... D- Again, John, I'll come to you, and I want to get your thoughts because obviously you you kind of alluded to the first half. But for me, and you, you said we should have won, it and rightly so. But even when before the Fabinho goal happened, like I felt like we had a lot of. I think Lisa hit the nail on the head. You know, there was creativity. which was probably not much end product. I mean, the Virgil Van Dijk shot. I mean, that was a great save from from the the goalkeeper Fernandez. But you know, I felt like we we had the chances, we had the ball. I felt like we were probably. Because it wasn't our usual front three, I felt like, you know, maybe it was a case of like, you know, just obviously um stylistically it was a bit different up top in, in to, to some degree. But I don't know, I, I felt like despite that it wasn't our usual good self, I mean, we have had some poor performances. I still believe that a goal was coming and we deserved to be ahead, even though, you know, Brentford did become a little bit I don't know a bit more settled in the game and maybe a few lapses of concentration from us here and there maybe they thought they had a little chance but as a whole I actually thought in the first half we were still the better team we had the more chances probably had the more possession
0: oh absolutely we we were the better team I just feel that we lacked we we lacked the ability to impose ourselves to create real you know really genuine chances Uh, Brentford began to sit deeper and deeper. On the Swedish commentary, they were talking about how great it was that he was a side who were, you know, pretty prepared to play play football and play their their own game, unlike Arsenal the other night. And actually, as the as the as the match as the first half went on, I felt they sunk deeper and deeper and deeper, and they 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 squeezed the space. So Henderson was playing, you know, diagonals, playing triangles. Um, little triangles in the midfield, whipping the ball out to to Robertson or to Trent, and then a ball whipped into the side. And I felt it became incredibly predictable. It it was almost like we were signalling. We don't have the creativity to break down your midfield unless Joe Matip goes on a run. So what we'll do is we'll get the ball out to Trent, whip it in, and I thought Trent had a he was much better today um offered more threat. The, I agree. Yeah, the quality of his deliveries were better. He was getting into the box, you know, he even had a uh, uh, although he was offside later on, you know, he had a, he had a good opportunity to score. Um but I felt that playing the ball out to Robertson, Robertson's final shot delivery uh for the most part although he's actually involved I think in, in one of the the goals, isn't it? I I I just his re- his delivery was frustrating me. So I think Brentford they sat back, squeezed, squeezed the space and looked to hit us on the attack if we made a mistake. And I don't, I think because we play the high line at the back, we were always going to give them an opportunity. I don't think Virgil's having the same kind of season that, that I mean, he had a horrific injury, so absolutely. But he's, for Virgil, he's not having it as an outstanding season as, as one would hope for a player of his caliber. And so I felt, I felt at any point Brentford could. Could hit us on the break and score, and I felt that we were being squeezed. I felt that we were in, because we had so much possession. I felt that we were in, in dominance, but but really, when I when I stepped back for it from it, I was I was really relieved that we got the goal. It didn't feel as if here is a goal because I knew we were going to score.
2: Wow. Okay, I I think that's absolutely fair. I mean, Um, it's indeed. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh gosh, you know, it takes... I mean, for me, I always kind of go back to how I felt and what I watched, like, last season. And the thing that I took a little bit, I mean, it wasn't the best, but one thing, like, Liverpool were persevering and they were patient. What kind of scared me was um, Brentford on on the counter. That kind of frightened me a bit because I felt like we were kind of losing our way a little. I think you're absolutely spot on about Joel Matip. I mean, I, you know, when he kind of, I don't know, made a mug out of a Brentford's, um, defense and, you know, the, the shot was just a little bit weak. Um, and he had no option to do so, but would that, John, would you say, was that a frustrating thing for you as well? Knowing that just how vulnerable this Brentford team looks at the back, certainly on set pieces, they were an absolute joke. So you kind of expected more from us. What I did notice was, Maybe because the likes of Mo Salah and Sadio Mane went there in terms of our goal-scoring threat, certainly in Mohamed Salah. But I felt like, you know, people like Virgil van Dijk and, you know, he had that shot. And Joel Matip were feeling feeling more committed in those situations because maybe there's an emphasis on goals have to come from everywhere now.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think... I think both of them are have strong. Lead- Matib is not a natural leader, but he he's really trying to push things up. He's driving, and of course, Van Dijk is so cool, you know, so laid back and plays, you know, sprays the ball around so fantastically. I th- I think you know we we've got a lot of quality there, and I I was confident that you know Jota. Demonstrates he can score. He's a phenomenal finisher. I thought Bobby was actually really, really fantastic trying to move, trying to create, you know, little flicks here and there, trying to have that spark of creativity. My confidence, I had confidence in the attack. I had confidence in the defense. Where my fears were or where I felt we weren't imposing ourselves was through the midfield. I felt that that was, although, You know, it was great to see Curtis there. I felt that that's where we're getting squeezed. And that's that was where my worry was. Because I felt, you know, if we could, if we could increase the creativity there, but when when we score, when we when we get the goal, of course, it comes from a, a set piece. But in the second half, I really think it's the midfield improved.
2: Absolutely, I've just got a few more little comments here. Steve said, twenty-five minutes with five corners. I was convinced we were eventually going to score from one. Nina, give me, um, gave me a three cents of peace compared to Thursday. Maybe I'd had more tea than Lisa uh, had coffee. Um, I think that's maybe fair. Um, yeah. Uh, Lisa, I will come to you on that one I mean, talk to me about um, Maybe um, what you kind of noticed Maybe your observations in the first half With the set pieces Liverpool, maybe maybe you expected more from us From the set pieces Because they, I think it's fair to say Brentford weren't the best defensively organised I felt like their zonal no marking was everywhere It looked very amateurish it, reminded, it gave me old school Liverpool vibes I'm not going to lie but your, your thoughts on, um, you know, maybe no, we... I... oh, yours go on.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I shared numbers, um, you know, law of averages. I was really hoping that we would, <laughs> we would get a goal off the set pieces. You know, I used to be, I'm not as confident about us with set pieces, um, this season or even from probably about midway through last season until this season, you know, I used to, we used to line up for a corner. I'd be like, all right, here we go. We'll score one and um just because we were so prolific with it um but it's just it you know it just hasn't been the same in the last i don't know season, season and a half but with Brentford we just we we couldn't help it because you're right and in fact they were they commented on it on the on the you know on the commentary from here was that yeah they're just so uh, Brentford is very open um and very bad at defending set pieces so i I agree with um was it is it Steve that yeah, <laughs> eventually we had to get one in um from one of these corners it, you know along as and it was it definitely helped that Trent started coming over to to the left and and taking them um instead of robo so i I really felt that the opportunity was definitely there, and I'm just glad that Fabino took advantage of it,
2: absolutely and um John, set pieces. We weren't overly great, but um, it was great to see Fabinho kind of leading the way. Like, you know what, I've had enough of you. I'll show you how it's done. And, um, you know, I think, like you said, it was more relief on your part, but a goal coming. And I think the last time I kind of remember Fabinho goal, it was like a he he, he thunder-twatted it against Man City. Um, not one of them goals, just headed it in, but thank you very much. In those circumstances and... You know, as the clock is ticking, you know, nerves creeping more, certainly with this Liverpool side at the moment as well. I mean, just grateful that a goal just came just to settle us a little and right before half time. I mean, Fabinho scoring, I mean, your thoughts on that? Um, I think very important that goals come from everywhere right now.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think he's got an, was it in the Champions League? He's rifled another goal into the... In, into the, the net at some point this season. I, I, I just remember the, this, I can't remember which match, but I'm sure he's convinced. Uh, he, I'm sure he scored us well. It's great to see him score. I think he's an incredibly important player for us. I think one of the things that, that's coming through in his game is, is his leadership qualities. You know, in a side like, like Liverpool, where we've got, and a Jordan Henderson, we've got Trent, we've got Milner, we've got Virgil van Dijk, we've got Robertson. You know, there's lots of players with really strong leadership qualities, and I think I think I think in his own way Fab, uh, Fab does too. So really, he plays such a commanding, you know, the, the lighthouse. He plays such a commanding in such a commanding way, uh, and it was really good for him to 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 step up and, and get that goal because I, you guys that are saying, you know, I really felt we were going to score from a corner. I haven't felt that for so long because I think the quality of the balls into the box are just from corners are just so poor on numerous occasions because we've got two really big guys, Virgil van Dijk, Joel Matip. They, you know, they're really huge. Uh, Kanate, you know, when he's he's playing, he's a big guy too. We don't get enough balls into the box for them to really attack it well Um, but no it's fantastic from Fabinho I mean he 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 keeps his cool he watches the ball all the way go through he's got a a, a defender pushing their way into him but he still gets the header in so you know it was really fantastic really fantastic
2: absolutely and what do you make of Fabinho Lisa just in general just what he adds to that midfield I mean it's great you know like In the past, when I think of like a defensive midfield, and the best one that always stuck out to me was obviously the Javier Mascherano, but for Liverpool, who was just like absolute beast and an absolute, you know, like just couldn't get anything past him. But one thing I love about this Fabinho in this Liverpool side and why he compliments so much is the fact that. He offers so much in a defensive sense. Um, I think he covers a lot of the pitch. He, I feel like he's like the modern day evolution of, of a defensive midfielder. And when he can sort of chip in in the goals and you fancy his, him, him sort of, um, you know, like thunder twatting against Man City all those seasons ago. And, you know, the fact that he can be threatening in the air as well, you know, on set pieces, huge.
3: As, as john was you know naming off you know the height in virgil and Joel and and um Pinate, when he plays you know yeah, you know fab's got got some height on him as well so you know he he is definitely an asset on those set pieces and and he has yeah. i love that his nickname you know the lighthouse because it's just so it just fits him so much because he's he's also a very i think for the most part i'm calming kind of presence, you know, and and I don't know, calming may not be the right word, but, but just steadfast and he's going to be where you need him to be and handle things, you know, just calm and just take care of business sort of manner. And and I love nothing more than when he gets one of those tackles in where he just sort of telescopes one of those long legs of his into to take the ball off of somebody. I just that's one of my favorite things ever about him is to see him do do that. Happen, yeah. When when I look at the lineup for a game and his name is not there, it is automatic. Ooh, okay. So so I'm 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 just so happy to have him in the team.
2: Absolutely, and for me, on a side note, I love it when he does something good, and I certainly love it when he scores because his missus absolutely spams your timeline on Twitter, and we are all here <laughs> yeah. for that. Uh, I think we all absolutely adore that woman; she's brilliant.
3: <laughs> yes, fantastic.
2: Nina, yeah.
0: can I can I, can I just say one last point on Fab before before we move on? And and that to me is, you know, if you ask me to write down Liverpool's starting lineup for any match. That spite for me. I'm writing, you know, Mo Salah, Fab, and Allison, and the fact that for you know, and you know, he he's such such a phenomenal player. He's so important to us. Um, uh, you know, Virgil, Allison, uh, him, and and Salah. They are, you know, that's the 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 groundwork of a side that is, you know, one of the tops top sides in the world. It really is. He's just phenomenal. I think. I think going forward, over the next two two to three years, he may even become you know the the second most important player in our squad, as as Virgil van Dijk ages, as Mo Salah even you know, <laughs> even Mo you know time gets to us or Fab's still young enough. He's got two more two at least two three more years at the absolute top of his game. Phenomenal, phenomenal player.
2: Absolutely, I I agree with that. Um, he's part of that solid spine. I, I think there would be a few local fans that would disagree with you. I don't think anyone has uh, anything bad to really say about um, Fabinho as a player. And I think we all appreciate his goal. Guys, just going to take a quick break.
1: Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match AI Pro is home to our very best content with regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Molby and Sir Kenny Dalgleish plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists We'll help bring you closer to the club you love There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive Available on all popular podcast platforms, with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your 7-day free trial now.
2: Right, let's carry on talking about all things Liverpool versus Brentford. It finished 3-0. We've kind of discussed the majority of the first half. It's myself, it's Lisa Marie and John Buskell. Uh, Welcome back to part two. This is our second half. I went off for a little siggy break like Jurgen Klopp. Uh, Let's let's crack on. I mean, Lisa, I'm going to come to you. Second half. um, Again, you know, um, I thought... One thing, I mean, we're going to talk about Ox's goal. I'm going to go there. Um, For me, um, he just looked like a player that was kind of settling, kind of meshing, kind of blending, uh, trying to do stuff. Um, I felt like, you know, his chances weren't coming off. I felt quite, you know, bad for him, but it was great to see him kind of get the goal as well. I think it was actually important because I felt like it was a, I hope it's a confidence builder.
3: I agree. You know, like Ox in the front three, but but again, as we've as we've spoken about, you know, Klopp's choices are are very limited at this point. But I think starting him in the front three is is probably a better a better option than you know maybe bringing him in later in the game. I mean, I think it did work um, to have him start in the front three and then and then have Tacky come in um, in his stead. But you're right. He he. You know he seemed. I mean, he, he certainly doesn't lack the, I guess, energy and the effort um, that that is needed. So if you know, just, he looks like he just wants to be. You know, he want his more natural position. Of course, is in the midfield, and and so he's not maybe exactly offering what we need him to offer in you know in that front three, but i am i'm so happy that he got the goal i was
2: i'm a cat person i agree with everything what the cat just said there has opinions on liverpool
3: he has opinions on a lot of things but anyway
2: um get him on a podcast you're listening kev downey there's your next
3: guest exactly i just he's he's been he's been removed um (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think, but, but again, I think this is a good confidence builder. I hope that, um, I see Lubo put in the chat that he would rolled his ankle, um, per clock post-match. So I hope that's, that's not something that, um, is serious. I hope it's just, you know, swollen for a day or so and, and he can be able to move on because we, we really, really need him right now, you know, through the end of the month.
2: Absolutely. We we certainly do. We definitely, definitely need him. And it was great to see him score. John, I'm going to come to you. I mean, Lisa made some really, really good observations there about Ox. And, you know, he definitely does try. And I felt like he was certainly trying in this game. Um, I think you know maybe the four three three in the first half maybe might have frustrated some people and certainly did maybe with the personnel that we have in do you think maybe it's maybe time to maybe change it up a little maybe play a four two three one or you know does Jurgen Klopp change it up a little I don't know what are your thoughts and also how did you feel about him scoring because I I think we were all delighted I mean this is a guy that's great for the dressing room he's he wants to try hard he does try hard. And um I felt like, you know, some of his shots they just weren't coming off for him today, but great to see him score. And you know, he had some good games this season. I felt like his his um his performances against Atletico Madrid were certainly, you know, notable. So um your thoughts on uh I don't know how we can maybe make Ox work stylistically.
0: Um well first and foremost, you know, just to add to what Lisa Marie said and and I think was one of the things that I tweet to her the most is I want Ox to score. You know, football is about, you know, dreams and your heart and your love for the club. And, you know, for the, the players that are in your side, you, you want to get behind them. And he's just one of those players that I, you know, that that pulls up my heartstrings in a way. Because you can see he plays with his heart on his sleeve. He tries so hard. He seems to, he seems to take, be so hard on himself if he's not doing perfectly. And so when he got that goal today, you know, it was a fantastic goal because he's still under a lot of pressure from the the defender next to him. You know, what a bullet of a header. Uh you know, if you told me that Ox was going to score today, I wouldn't I wouldn't have said he'd do it with his head. Um so I know I was really, really made up for him. And then equally, you know, just you know, it's just devastating to see him go off. Thankfully, from you know, from from Lisa Lisa Marie, from what you said, there. Klopp saying he's rolled his ankle. Hopefully, it's it's nothing too serious. He kind of reminds me of Smica, Back <laughs> for anyone who's not uh, so 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 young, Vladimir Smica, fantastic, fantastic player who just constantly seemed to get a knock, seemed to constantly get get injured, and also was very important up up front. Um, I think Ox's best position is playing from the midfield. I don't think it's 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 being close to the, you know, one of the front three or involved there. I think he's better f- further back um you know playing 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 in, in what I'm trying to say is I'm not sure that J- Jordan Henderson's got the legs to get up the pitch and back the back down the pitch all the time and I think Henderson has always been the kind of player who wants to help everyone for the younger guys coming into the side Henderson is the player that takes care of them as he gets into the twilight stage of his career I don't see him doing that and I think a player like Ox that is you know is able to do the the running or should be able to do the running for for a Henderson figure to give to give that sort of creativity to give that attacking edge so um, I would expect him over the next few games, if he is injury free, I would expect to see him be one of the, the one of the starters, because I think he gives us that bit more going forward. Um, I just hope I just hope that this injury is nothing that keeps him out. I just think he's you know I think he's a great player, and you know I really want him to do well. I think it's very likely that either him or Naby are going to leave. Uh, in the summer they're uh, you know one of those two if not both of them I just don't see play because I think it was Harry Sethi tweeted on you know during, during the match Liverpool really need to look at midfielders who stay fit I'm paraphrasing which is kind of tough on great players who you love and support like Ox like Naby but both of them are injury you know injury prone I would love to see Ox really come good and have a really good solid season for us because he's a guy with so much potential, seems to be such a, such a talented player. Um, I just hope he delivers.
2: No, I think that's all fair, um, John. Um, I do agree with you there with regards to. Um... With regards to Oxley chamberlain and, uh, you know, thank you for calling me middle-aged. And I think one of the things that is a big, big issue is um, availability of, of players in midfield. And this is where we really, really miss the likes of Naby Keats and um, uh, um, Ginny Wijnaldum. And, you know, that kind of player that made himself so available, you know, under underrated um, uh, quality, I guess. Lisa, I'm going to come to you and we're going to talk about the man that replaced Ox who came on, tacky. Now, you know, very, very interesting, Claire, because, uh, you know, he was on the bench. I kind of like him. I think, you know, he, he he looked so promising when we signed him, but I don't know what it was. Was it his physicality? But Jurgen Klopp didn't really feature him an awful lot. And then his feature looked quite bleak at Liverpool when he went off to Southampton. But this season, every time Jurgen Klopp brings him on in the League Cup, he, t- he tends to score goals. And lo and behold, no different in the league. And on his birthday as well, I mean... I think John made a point earlier on in, in the podcast where he said he likes tacky off the bench because maybe the players look sort of tired out, you know, um, maybe the fatigue creeps into the opposition legs, but he comes on and he's sharp and he's smart, but great to see him score goals. I want to get your thoughts on, on the tacky goal. Um, I, for me, it was just more like um, signed and sealed, like a bit of a, a you know, like a, 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 you know, icing on the cake, if you will. I'm happy with
3: that. Like- agreed and i and i you know i do i like tacky. i like watching him play there's just something um you know he's very i guess bright if if that's a word i could use and there is also something and this is the word that just, just always comes in his play and it it's a very strange word to use in in regards to footballer but there's something almost elegant about the way he plays um you know but he i do think he struggles with the physicality um or, or certainly did at the beginning. Um, I and I do. I love, like. I had not really mentioned it, but yeah, I think he does do better coming off the bench. Um, you know, mid game. I mean, he did that in the the Arsenal game. You know, in for the league back in back in November, he came off the bench and scored um, a goal. I think that game as well. So that that does seem to be. Um, a strong suit for him. And I really, I I honestly think a lot of it is he just hasn't, this has kind of been the first time he's really started to get, I don't know that consistent's really the right word, but, but more of a run of games for us. Um, you know, I think last year, I think Klopp really, last season, he sort of just, because of all the injuries and the issues with the defense, he was, you know, very much sticking with what he knew. And and I think that limited Tacky's chances. And so I'm, I'm happy to see, see him get, um, you know, to play a little bit in games, but, you know, but even to be coming in for some of the, for some of the league games as well. And especially after he missed that goal on Thursday, I think it was, if nothing else, I think, as you said, the third goal was kind of just icing on his birthday cake. And I think maybe if nothing else, it's, helps his his confidence after that you know after that, that unfortunate miss on Thursday so i do i like i you know i do hope that maybe he can that he can stay i've seen several people just here and there on on twitter and the discord or whatever say he needs you know he needs to move on he needs to be sold but i think if he wants to stay i think he's a good squad option for, for us that no I,
2: I would agree with that. And I like the fact that you called it icing on his birthday cake. I <laughs> like that. That is nice. I mean, John, I'm going to come to you. I, you know, I, I've never asked your opinions on Tacky before, but I'm going to like make an assumption. I mean, you could really, really get me. I could be so wrong here. But to me, he strikes me as a kind of player that you really like.
0: Yeah, I do. And it's not just because my... You know, my son lives in Japan and I have two half-Japanese, half-Swedish grandchildren. Um, I really like him because he's tenacious. You know, he's not, you know, he's not one meter 90 He's not the first name on the team sheet. But I I can't remember who it was. So, you know, apologies if you're listening to the show. But someone tweeted um, during the match that Taki has scored five out of his last six shots on target. Um, yeah. But the one that missed was the one the other night, which was it's kind of devastating, really, because that's the one that will be remembered and will always be remembered, probably, particularly if we don't go on and win the 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 Caribbean. I think he's a great player. He's so tenacious. I still remember him playing uh, against us in the Champions League. I can see why you know the team took a chance on him. He doesn't have the physicality. He doesn't really remind me of any any Liverpool player hitherto in all the horrendous amounts of decades that I've been watching them but I really like him and I I just thought you know hats off to Firmino for for giving giving generously giving the tacky the the chance to score I think you know just as an aside here Firmino is one of those players who on his day has so much awareness around him of what what's possible and just to be able to see that, you know, Taki was in a great position there. A lot of strikers, uh, Mo Salah and and, and Sadio Mane included, would have banged, tried to bang that themselves in. But Fabino just rolls it back to Taki to score. Now I was super made up for him. And to be honest, given our performances of late, uh, getting that third goal, uh, I was super pleased. I didn't just take that for granted, you know.
2: No, absolutely. And I'm hoping now that maybe it's more of a belief thing now with the Jurgen club because, you know, playing him more rather than his hand forced, I hope it's not that because he's definitely is getting the goals and I really like him as well. And um, I guess what I, whilst we're here, we must talk about a few players that kind of impressed. And John, you, you alluded to there about Roberto Firmino. Now, for me, it felt like the old Roberto Firmino back self he's he's completely selfless but one thing I really liked was the fact that he was a busy little bee in the box. He was trying to link up plays, trying to make things happen. He was like just to be the ball really quick and moving. Um that those were the kind of qualities that I saw in him that for me is peak for and you know he I felt like there was maybe I don't know a sense of responsibility of being that kind of player and having that kind of performance given the fact that he wasn't playing alongside his usual his usual sort of teammates. I mean, I thought he was really impressive today. For me, I really liked him. I I thought same with Jota as well. Both of them two were really, really trying, and they kind of blended in really well together. Your thoughts?
0: Um, uh, I think you know, Bobby is he's one of my favourite players. One of you know one of, one of my favourite all time players for Liverpool because he he looks. I think he's quite deceptive because he looks like, you know, he's there to have fun and, you know, knock the ball around. But I think he's he, he has an incredible work rate. I think you're right. It's a really, really good point, Nina, to make about how he seems to be a player that, you know, give him, give him, give him that extra responsibility and he rises to it. I think he really enjoy, enjoys that role, and I think one of the things that comes through in his performance today is when Taki gets the goal. I mean, he he plays Taki in for the goal, but then he, as he goes away to celebrate, he signals to Taki to jump on his back, and you know, it's like you know, get on the back and get on my back and let's celebrate. He's he seems to me such an important player to us, not just in terms of our performances, but when he is when he is on it. For want of a better word, psychologically, when he's having a good time, then everyone around him seems to do that too. And and it, it's it's almost like he's a mechanism for us. He's doing well. He brings other players into the, the 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 pitch he created. There was a lovely lovely sort of back heel earlier in the the match. He's you know he, for me he's just one of those players that. Even if he's not scoring and I want him to score, I can't help but wa- enjoy watching him play. And whilst there may not be, you know, this may be his last season with us. I don't know. There's always so much talk about which one of the front three will go. Sorry, it's my Lucy shaking here. Um, no, he's fantastic. But it, for me, he was, he was one of the other out, outstanding players for us alongside Matip. He really
2: was. And this podcast is dominated by pets. It, it is. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Maybe I'm that India should actually have a pod for our pets and let them just, like, just, you know, go, go to town on Liverpool. I don't know, gags, if you're listening, I, I think we're on to something golden here. I mean, Lisa, I'm going to come to you and, and, and your cat. I'm sure he'll have opinions as well. I mean, your thoughts on Roberto Firmino, because he is such a joy to watch. And I love, not only is he, like, hard-working but for me what I love is the fact that he's like massively intelligent like for me he's so smart like he might not be physically as quick as like the likes of say Sadio Mane and Salah but mentally he's so sharp
3: yeah he he always has such an awareness of where everyone is and what, you know, who's available for one of those, yeah, hill passes or or something. And I do think, I think because, you know, he just, I think that is underestimated in him. Because we don't hear him speak very often, you know. And, and we don't, you know, it's it's just that, that blinding grin of his. Um, but he is, there is just, there's just something when, when he is on it. There's something so enjoyable about watching him play, and 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 yeah, I was really thinking as John was talking about you know the, the absolutely unselfish nature about his game. I know there was some talk; it seems like it may have been last season, um, you know that we there were comments about where he just need, he needs to be more selfish, you know. I mean, um, sometimes, but but no, it's it's lovely, and and I like you know he seems to have had kind of an a bit of an uneven go this season um you know a couple of little injuries and then you know he was I think one of the ones out out for COVID you know back before Christmas or whatever so hopefully this is you know this is the beginning of you know a more consistent run and you know and it's it, it couldn't happen at a better time with with um Sala and Mane being out you know at AFCON right now so um and then you You don't want third options, which is the best way to be. It
2: really is. Um, uh, And we definitely want him. We need everyone kind of um, in their best form, um, absolutely needed. I mean, guys, is there anything you kind of want to discuss from the game? I think, um, Lubo put up, um, the XG map that, you know, Lubo had a lot of chances in the first half. Um, I think it was 1.25 to Brentford's 0.04. In the second half, we went up to 1.95 to, and they went up to 0.30. And then Gags kind of made a comment there about, um, the, the quality of the XG, because the first half, the majority of the XG was from set play, which obviously makes sense given the fact that we had like five corners. Before the goal went in, that was the worry. Second half, and um, it it opened up, and it you know it was for more open play, so there was a difference. I mean, did you notice that, guys? I mean, John, I'll come to you.
0: No, I can't say that I did. I think I was too emotionally involved, really, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just wanting us to win, just so I could come on the Nina Kaza show and celebrate a victory. Finally,
2: finally, John, because you've not had the best games, have you?
0: No, absolutely not. No, but I mean, I think it go- if you know, going back to this whole idea of possession, possession is only possession is only as good as what you can actually do with it. And I feel that we as a side are actually better when we we don't have the ball. It's when we give it back to to the opposition and then we you know snatch the ball from them and are hitting them uh, with pace. Uh, And particularly without someone of Tiago's, you know, class, you know, he's, he's, he was meant to be the player to unlock, you know, to pick apart these kind of sides. And unfortunately, he's just not fit enough. You know, he regularly seems to pick up nasty knocks. I think, I
2: think, you know. Yes, spot on again. And Lisa, I will come to you. Um, thoughts on the maybe the performance levels different, uh, the the difference there. Did you notice that maybe we were playing more for more playing the second half than we were in the first half?
3: Something you know, I don't know that if you had asked me, I would have specifically said that's what it was. But but something, I noticed something had sort of changed, you know, in, into the second half, and and yeah. Um the the other thing I'd like to mention is that it was it was nice to see Kay Gordon come on. I really really wish he had scored though cuz that would have just been double icing on the on the cake for us to to <laughs> see that happen. <laughs> but but yeah, no, the second half did and I don't know, I mean maybe it was being able to get that goal just before we went in at halftime and you know that sort of gave players the confidence or 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 whatever to, to maybe come out and really attack it a little bit differently into the second half and, and, you know, play more open and, and put those, you know, the availability for those chances out there. Fair enough.
2: Right guys. Um, is there anything you kind of want to get off your chest? Because this part is all about closure. We just say what we want to say. Is there anything, anything that you feel needs mentioning? Um, anything you want to get off your chest, uh, John? Anything from the game, or should we move on to man of the match? I'll go to you first, John.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I really wanted to mention Kay Gordon because it showed. Klopp should have thrown him on the other night. He's a young player who has huge potential. Who, when he was, when the ball went through to him he ran like hell. I mean, he hesitated for the shot. You could, I think it was almost like, you know, he could see himself scoring in front of the cop, you know, it was like, and then it was all over. And then when the keeper uh, saved it, it was, you know, he sort of, you know, Oh damn, you know, he sort of made that gesture before realizing, Oh, I've got to chase the ball still. I felt, I sometimes feel that Jürgen Klopp with his substitutes, it's the one thing that Klopp, I feel and, you know, <laughs> Jürgen Klopp is Jürgen Klopp, and I'm—I am what I do. Um, you know, Jürgen, you want some tips on photography? Come to me, and you can give you some tips on club coaching. Uh, you know, elite, uh, world elite football clubs. I just feel that clubs, Klopp's, Klopp's substitutes suck, and I felt that the other night he should have thrown Gordon on because I think it would have got us up off our feet. We would have had a player that suddenly. You Know he was out there to do anything, he was going to make it happen no matter what because here was my chance, and you saw that again today. It's a no pressure environment, it's coming on, he's going to give it a go. So, I was really pleased. So, for me, going forward in this next run of games without Mo, without uh, without Sadio, without Nabi, I think K Gordon could be potentially really, really important. I'm not saying as a, as a starter. And I'm not saying as somebody to turn to when we are in dire need to come and save us, because that's a huge amount of pressure for a 17 year old. However, I do think that he is at that stage in his career where he's going to try anything, whereas that enthusiasm where other players don't know who they are, just getting him on the side of the pitch, just getting him on, is going to do different things. And I think he showed today that he has the potential to be a really important match winner for us. Okay, it didn't go in today, but it will. And that that was the other thing that I wanted to get off my chest. It was partly about today, but partly about Klopp's management of games going forward.
2: I think that's fair. And what about you, Lisa? I mean, your thoughts on 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 uh, Gordon and anything you want to get off your chest as well. I know you were really impressed and you wanted him to score, but anything from the game that you feel that like needs highlighting, them we can, you know, just get it off our chest, basically.
3: No, I, I like what John said and I think, you know, what what we can see with Kay Gordon is is what we were seeing with Curtis Jones a couple of seasons. I guess fearlessness of youth, you know, where you you know, because you don't have the all the experience and and whatever, you're willing to just to just go for it. And and I think that is something that I would like to see um, you know, Klopp maybe I guess take advantage of you know, here going, you know, moving forward, you know, not just in the next few weeks while we're without uh, Mo and, and Sadio, but, you know, maybe even just throughout the rest of the season um, to have that. Um, I can't think of anything else I really had. I was kind of looking at the notes that I'd made, um, and that was the last thing I wrote was really wanted uh, KD. I'm just, I, I feel a little bit better overall um, than than I have been feeling for the last couple weeks. And, I'm, you know, hoping that that we can just kind of push through and, and make it through the rest of January, um, you know, in a similar fashion.
2: Absolutely, and Lisa, I'll stick with you. Um,
3: your man of the match. Who would you oh, give I it know, to? I'm debating this in my head. Um, you know what? I think I'm going to go with Fabino because I somehow feel like him getting that goal at the end of the first half was the push we needed. Um, and then just his, you know, overall wonderfulness and consistency of play. So I'm going to give it to Fab.
2: I like that. And what about you? I know it's between two players for you, John, but are you going to like throw a curveball in? I'm intrigued.
0: How am I going to throw you a Mickey? Um, I think for me, I think it has to be uh, Bobby Firmino. And this is only, uh, and this is something that occurs to me in our discussion. I think you know on the on the or during the match. I just felt that Joel was just fantastic. He was fantastic defensively. I think Joel was fabulous, you know, creatively going forward. Those those you know balls rifled, you know, straight through the pitch. Virgil's very good across the park, but I I think Joel and he's dribbling and he even managed to get a shot in this game. You know, I hope I hope to anything he gets one, but I think what what. What made me decide on Bobby is that when bobby when Bobby hesitates or, or takes a moment to think and plays tacky in to get that third, he wipes away any of the hesitation that I may have even had that we would let them back into it. you know if it 's two 0 and although we were in the dominance, we were play, playing really well and no they didn 't look like they were going to get back into it, but we know from this Liverpool that they have a, an error in them it's just the way we are at the moment we seem to have an er- error into us if we give Brentford a sniff of the game you know get you know you know, just a, a potential um you know one goal when it's two nil then I think that that causes that 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 tests us what Bobby does is that he um oh what's the word in English he, he's not selfish he thinks of the team first, and he did that at a couple of times. It didn't come off during the match, but he was, you know, the link-up play, giving Jota opportunities, um, bringing Taki, uh, you know, the bringing Taki in like he did. So I think for me, Bobby Firmino showed that he he might not be a conventional leader in the Jordan Henderson sense, but I think that he showed through his um, game intelligence, his play intelligence, that he is a true creative leader of men. Man of the match
2: I love that I love that okay so it's a battle of the Brazilian lads so which one wins it I mean I was I love both I was impressed with both but I I was really impressed with Roberto Firmino today it felt like the old Roberto Firmino back and my god we need that old um, uh, Roberto Firmino back given the fact that you know two of our attackers are away Um and also, for me, Fabinho has, for a majority of his time at Liverpool, has always been consistently good. I think there's been some talk about Roberto Firmino that he's falling off. And, you know, naturally, age is, age is something that you can't deny. You know, players do get older. So it's good to see that, you know, Roberto Firmino sort of fancied himself today and, you know, had, had a pretty decent game. And long may it continue because he's, he's a joy to watch. He's fun. Guys... We have come to the end of this episode of the Nina Kaza Show. I mean, a massive thank you for, to Kieran. A massive thank you to all you lot that joined us live and, you know, kept the Discord discussion live and kicking. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us live. A huge thank you to these two awesome people who joined me on the podca- podcast, both Lee, Lisa and John. Before I let them go, let's get some plugs. Uh, John, I will come to you. Where can people find you on social media?
0: Um, they can find me on Twitter at John Buskell or on Instagram at John Buskell. If you follow me on Twitter and tweet lots about Liverpool, particularly during the match, I will be watching, liking and hearting your, uh, your posts um, because uh, I love to watch the match with the Liverpool community, the Anfield index community tweeting about Liverpool during a match. So it settles my nerves. So uh, if you don't follow me there, follow me, please.
2: Give him a follow. He's excellent. And his pictures are insanely good so you know maybe follow him on instagram as well and he shares them on twitter as well so there you go people and what about you lisa uh you know some plugs from you please and where can people find you
3: well i'm i'm on twitter at Marie mh um and i am friday seems to be have become our regular evening for the uh, main anfield index pod so i will be joining Trevor Downey and Cam Branch um, going forward on that as well. So,
2: Excellent stuff. Yep, do check out the main Anfield Index podcast. I mean, uh, both uh, Trev and Lisa, they're keeping Cam in check, no doubt, because he needs it. We're, um, we're guys.
3: You know it's a difficult job, but but we're doing what we can.
2: You know what? Um, uh, Honestly, God, you, you need a medal for that one. You know, Cam is... Um, uh, He's an interesting character. We love him here. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, take care. Um, I'll catch you in the next episode. Till next time, up the reds.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. But there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show.